welcome on in to Sports Voice After Dark Live. This is usually a podcast, but we had to embrace the moniker and we went after dark. It is just after midnight here on early Saturday morning. I'm Amit Malik, the producer of Sports Voice After Dark, joined by Zach Wingrove and Chris Grismer, two of my good friends here to host. We're here as a part of Sportsathon, WNUR's sole fundraiser, help the stations maintain its equipment, travel to athletics events around the country, and bring us the best coverage of Wildcat Athletics. To donate and check out the awesome premiums you can receive during Sportsathon, including hats and t-shirts from WNUR Sports, head on over to our website, WNURSports.com, and click on Sportsathon. Uh, with that being said, uh, let's get into it, guys. Yep. Um, how are you guys feeling about Northwestern basketball? Feels pretty good after tonight. You know, a strong win against Mississippi Valley State, but, uh, you know, I don't know how much you can draw from these kind of games, but certainly a feel-good win for the team after tonight winning by over 30 points. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I thought it was a great win, but let's not forget that earlier in the day, the women's team also picked up a victory over Hampton. Very impressive. Of course. So, big day for the Cats at basketball. We decided, you know, we're not gambling people here at Sportsers After Dark. We, we don't do that. But we did take some interesting lines of over-unders <laughs> to investigate thoroughly. We have eight predictions for the year, four for each team. Let's start with the men's team. First one... Uh, Bryant McIntosh, he was popularized with the campaign by the Athletics Marketing Department, hashtag BMAC for the dime. How many dimes will he have? Over, under, seven and a half assists for the year. What do you guys think? I'll start it off. I went with over. Um, personally, I think this would be better than BMAC's assist total last year. However, I think BMAC is going to have to create more uh, offense for the team after losing a shot creator like Trey Demps. Uh, especially once we get into Big Ten, once Northwestern gets into Big Ten play, I think we're going to see BMAC really have to get everyone involved because we saw it last year. You know, Northwestern in non-conference play was really able to exploit some of these weaker opponents on defense. However, once you get into Big Ten play, players really, really struggle to create their own shots. You're going to have to see BMAC start running some offensive set, start running some offensive sets, which we which we haven't seen in the past from these Northwestern teams. And I think as a result, we're going to see his assist numbers increase. Uh, I I think that the points you make are strong, Zach, but I'm going to have to disagree and take the under on this for a few reasons. For starters, last year, McIntosh set a school record for total assists. He averaged six and 6.7 assists a game, and to ask him to bump that up to 7.5 is a bit much, in my opinion. I would also note that through the two games that we have seen them play against uh, uh to UIS, UIS, yes, and Mississippi and, Valley State, and Mississippi yeah. Valley State. Thank you. Um, the way that the Northwestern runs their offense, Collins has it be a team effort. So everyone gets to touch the ball, moves around the perimeter. Uh, we don't see a lot of pick and roll game from McIntosh, which is where you think he might get the most of his assists. So while he is the straw that stirs the drink for the Wildcats' offense, I don't think that will uh, result in a bump in his assists per game. Sure, and he had four assists today against Mississippi Valley State, or last yesterday, technically. I forget we're on it. So we're gonna midnight. have to. He's gonna have to bump that up. He is gonna have to bump that up. However, as I mentioned, do you think it's gonna have to change at all once they start playing some tougher opponents? Right now, you're able to see guys like Isaiah Brown, Jordan, At even Jordan Nash at the end of this past game come into the game. I think personally, I'm, I think we're gonna see BMAC have to take a bigger role once they start playing some of these more difficult opponents. I don't know. Yeah, I think that he might see an increase in assists per game, but to get up to seven and a half, I just think that's a little too much. 
uh, like you said, once they start playing tougher opponents, especially when we get into conference play, the onus will be on him to create for the for his teammates, and you'll certainly see him dishing the ball a lot more uh, when those games come at the end of December. But uh, like I said, I just think that we're asking a little too much for McIntosh with this over-under. Uh, not to say that he's not a good distributor. I think he's great, and he's proven to be the greatest in Northwestern's history. But I don't see him hitting 7.5 assists per game, personally. It will definitely have to be a storyline we look out for. The next over-under we had, Aaron Falzone, over-under 10 points a game. What do you think about that? Well, look, I know his performance wasn't telling tonight. He did not score, but I'm going to take the over here for a couple reasons. For starters, he he only played 10 minutes tonight, and Collins said after the game that he's dealing with some knee issues. Nathan Taphorn played 12 minutes. I think that once Falzone's healthier, he may take either most or all of Taphorn's minutes, so he'll be on the floor. He's going to be the team's sixth man. He's going to be the perimeter shooter and scorer, so I think that last year he averaged 8.4 points per game on uh, a little over seven field goal attempts a game. Both those numbers I expect to increase, and I think he's going to hit double-digit scoring. You know what they say about Aaron Falzone? He's hotter than a Calzone. So some say that. Some, some say, say that. that. I say that. You say you certainly uh, do. Say I think that. he could average three threes a game in a layup. So I'll go over. You think? Uh see, I I initially had this as an easy over. However, after hearing what Collins said today about the knee, he said that on Monday as well. It's start, it's definitely something to worry about because Falzone can't create his own shot. We saw that last year. We expected him to possibly be able to make a jump. However. Collins has said this has been something that's really hindered him throughout the entire summer, and I'm worried about him, especially coming off the bench. We're seeing other guys now who are probably going to steal some minutes in that rotation. Who knows if Falzone could suffer from that because he's definitely not an asset on the defensive end. I think I'm going to pivot. I initially had this as an easy over. I'm going to go under. I think I, I can't see, I don't see Falzone playing as big a role in the offense and making that sophomore leap that we thought he could make. All right. Scotty Lindsay, over under 25 minutes a game played. He's going to have a bigger role this year, but he didn't get close to that last year. He didn't get close to that. Tonight he played more minutes than anyone on the team, 29 minutes, um, tied with Brian McIntosh. Uh, I think I'm going to go over on this one. You know, And it was also something that initially I kind of thought under because I really thought Isaiah Brown was going to be able to steal some of those minutes at the two playing alongside BMAC. However, Lindsey has really made progression. You know, he played in Croatia this offseason, and he t- spoke a lot about that after the game tonight. You know, one of his better games I think we've seen from him. Uh, on the offensive end, we know what he can do. He shot the ball well last year. The struggles were on the defensive end and also just inconsistencies in general. I think we're going to see a more consistent Scotty Lindsey. He, he's looking better on defense, albeit against weaker competition so far. But I, I expect Scotty Lindsey to continue to keep up his like make his play more consistent this year and I think yeah I have him over 25 minutes what do you think Chris uh I agree with you in that I initially thought oh you know he's not going to hit 25 minutes a game but after watching the team now uh he he is appears to be an essential player um to the team's offense and I know you brought up his defensive struggles and those seem to still be prevalent in his game but his shooting ability and his athleticism when you pair that with Vic Law on the wing I think it creates a potent duo that the team can capitalize on when they're playing against uh, opponents in the Big Ten speeding up the game with McIntosh running the point so I I'm taking the over as well he only averaged 19 minutes a game last year he's the starting two guard now and as we mentioned in the previous over under Falzone still nursing himself back from that knee injury so 
I feel like Coach Collins is going to give Lindsey all the minutes he can handle to start off the season. Yeah, also great chemistry between him and Vic Law. You Absolutely. Know, both of them after the game, they, were, they mentioned they were roommates freshman year. They really seem to just enjoy playing together. They feed well off of each other. Um, and yeah, definitely something that can help the team is two essential um, players in that starting rotation. Amit, what do you think? Over under 25 minutes for Scotty Lindsey? I think over under over for Scotty. And uh, he's just going to have a big role this season. And they're going to trust him with minutes unless he is a blatant negative on defense. Uh, moving over to women's basketball, uh, Kristen Inman, over under 16 points a game. She's going to be asked to score a lot this year in the absence of former shooting guard Maggie Lyon, who scored a lot, shot a lot. Kristen Inman averaging around 11 points per game in her career. Last year, average around, or average around 12 or 13. Can she take that leap and you know get into the upper teens in her scoring per game and really be an elite scorer? Yeah, actually, she averaged, I think, 14 and a half last year, if I'm looking at this right. Um, one of the team's best free throw shooters as well, which definitely goes, um, which is definitely undervalued, I would say. Um, Kristen Inman obviously makes, makes uh, last year had all, all of a lot of her success from the mid-range. And, uh, you know, p- people thought with the departure of Maggie Lyons, someone was going to have to fill that void and step in and make those shots from behind the arc. Today, what we saw against Hampton, she really didn't, deviate from her play last year really made her living around uh the mid-range again which she excels at and i'm gonna go over on this one i think without maggie lyon you're gonna have to see someone kind of fill that void obviously it's nia coffee is gonna play a huge role in that however i think inman as a senior leader on that team as well will also be able to step in uh see more action see more involvement consistently on the offensive end and i i see, i have her o- at, uh, over 16 points a game yeah, I'm in agreement with you on this one. Uh, and just to add a couple more points to your argument, uh, one thing to look out for is how many threes a game Inman is taking. She took three and a half last year on only uh, 29.8% shooting, which is bizarre because, like you said, she's a good free throw shooter, which tends to uh, uh, mean that her form is good. You know, if she can knock down her free throws, you think that on the perimeter her she keeps her form consistent, that she'll make more threes. Um, in order for her to go over on 16 points per game, which, you know, I think she will. I think she just needs to reduce her three-point attempts. Um, and it's also worth noting that she only averaged 14 field goals attempts last year per game. Mm-hmm. And with Maggie Lyon now gone, you'll definitely see that increase. It'll give her more opportunities to thrive on yeah. offense. Over for 3 from behind the three-point arc today. Amit, what do you think? Over, under 16 points for Inman. Over. I'm all in on the Christian Inman train. She's cash. Mid-range is the future. Yeah. Uh, next one, Jordan Hankins, uh, over under 25% from three. That seems low, but Jordan Hankins hit 16% from beyond the arc last year in the regular season. That's a little atrocious. She did hit better than that in the Big Ten tournament. She what did. is the real Jordan Hankins? Is it better than one out of every four three-point attempts? You know, you would like to think it is, especially because, as we mentioned, someone needs to fill this, hopefully needs to fill this void that Maggie Lyon left from behind the perimeter. Uh Hankins obviously famous for, uh, especially during the Big Ten tournament, taking those heat check threes. You know, she gets hot. She'll pull from anywhere uh, behind the arc. And I don't know. I'd, I'd like to say over 25%. I hope it's over 25%. However, I, I think she's going to be attempting more threes. And I don't see her getting better at get getting better at it this year. I'm going to go under, unfortunately. You're sleeping. I guess I am. Yeah, I think I'm going to side with Amit on this one. I actually am taking the over here. Do, do I have that right, Amit? Are you are you on my on my uh, side I in this argument? I think it's going to be really close, but I'll <laughs> say she's over because I'm a b- hashtag believer. Okay, well, to to add some credence to that belief, 
uh, I'll mention this. She shot almost 90% or 96% rather from the line last season, which as we mentioned with Inman, uh, good free throw shooting tends to lead to good perimeter shooting. So you would think that with another year under her belt, uh, Hankins is going to improve from beyond the arc. She finished the season overall at 24.2%. And while that number was boosted by her shooting in the Big Ten tournament, I think that she will carry that over into this season and improve her shooting to the point where it's above 25%. We yeah, I think the key the key for her is her shot selection. If she's taking bad shots, they're not going to go in. If she waits and patient and takes an open jumper off the catch, minimizes her off the dribble launches, she could she could break that. Last one, I think this is actually really interesting. What proportion of total points scored by the Wildcats this season will be by the big three? Will it be over or under 50%? Uh, well, I know, Chris, we, we were talking about this before the show, and I think you mentioned that last last year you crunched the numbers. It was, what, 60%? Or? It was for, for the three players we're mentioning, Nia Coffey, Ashley Deary, and Kristen Inman, they accounted for 63.3% of the team's total points last season. So I think this is an easy over. What do you think, Zach? I think definitely an easy over with, with the absence of Maggie Lyon, as we've talked about now for They're going to have to every be some question. workhorses. Yeah. They're definitely going to yeah. have to be some workhorses. I think that for sure maybe over on this Douglas one. Maybe will help. Maybe. Palace, you know, maybe she'll see a bigger role in the offense. Some of the freshmen. Um, Oceana Hamilton Looks good was today. getting involved in the offense a lot today. Uh, and we'll Lauren, see. Lauren, yeah, Lauren Douglas. Lauren as well. In, so we'll, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. But uh, for me, I it's an pretty, easy over. Pretty safely. It's, it's concerning and nice at the same time that they're reliable, but... You know, you don't want to lean too much. You take one of them out of the game, it can smell trouble. Uh, that's it for our first segment, talking about over-unders of Northwestern basketball, men's and women's. Uh, this is Sportswear's After Dark Live, parts of Sportsathon. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Let's Tailgate, the official merchandiser of Northwestern Athletics, supports this broadcast of WNUR Sports. Let's Tailgate is located one and a half blocks west of Ryan Field at 1807 Central Street. You can also find them during football games at Ryan Field and in the lobby of Walsh Ryan Arena during basketball games. Let's Tailgate carries Wildcats merchandise as well as Chicago Cubs, Chicago Blackhawks, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Bears gear. Discounts are available for those who possess an active wild card. You can contact Let's Tailgate at 847-570-0105 and they're also on the web at nusports.com. Let's tailgate, the official merchandiser of Northwestern Athletics. At the end of the week, when you are just craving your Northwestern sports recap, look no further than the Sports Voice on WNUR. We've got only the hottest of takes. Anthony Walker is a top-tier NFL prospect. Buy or sell? I'm going to buy that. So I am absolutely cool if the Pistons take Game 4 and send it back to Cleveland because I want Justin Bieber to get canceled. I think they beat Purdue because Purdue. I'm glad we got some dissenting opinions there. It makes for a slightly more exciting radio. Awesome guests. Former Northwestern women's basketball player Tessa Haldez, Northwestern baseball player Kyle Ruckham, and of course, Pickham. Until you realize that the horse is also named after the jockey. So it was Clyde Van Dussen, riding Clyde Van Dussen, that won the Kentucky Derby. That's absolutely phenomenal. Who needs a horse after themselves? What is a Gorlock, you might ask? 
Well, according to the Webster University website, it's reported that it has the paws of a speeding cheetah, the horns of a fierce buffalo, and the face of a dependable St. Bernard. So whether you tune in over the airwaves or online, join us Sunday nights at 8 on The Sports Voice. there. I'm Bill Rafter. You listen to WNUR Sports, where basketball and Northwestern are one and the same. Enjoy the game and send it in, Northwestern. Welcome on into Sports Voice After Dark. We are live here as part of Sportsathon 2016, WNUR Sports Loan Fundraiser of the Year. It helps us maintain our equipment, travel to sporting events, and bring you the best coverage of Northwestern athletics. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about Sportsathon, go to WNURSports.com, click on the link, and look at uh, the hats and t shirts, some of this year's outstanding premiums. Um, Sportsathon is the reason why we're here. We're usually not here. We're a podcast, but we're live on the radio. We're here to talk some college basketball. I'm joined by Zach Wingrove and Chris Grismer, some college basketball es- experts, I might add. Tell us what are we supposed to watch for this season? It looks to be another scintillating year of college hoops. Well, I think uh, one thing to touch on as we look back at last season is who is going to dominate the headlines in college basketball. Mm -hmm. And I think it was popularized last year that uh, it was the year of the senior. Last year was, yeah. Last year was. You saw a lot of guys who had spent uh, three or four years in college and they were at the peak of their powers. This year... I think it's the year of the freshmen. I think we got a lot of young guys coming in, some one-and-done guys that are going to head to the draft next year who are going to uh, just tantalize college basketball viewers this season. What do you think, Zach? Definitely. You know, just by looking at the preseason odds for player of the year, you see guys You see a guy leading the pack, Grayson Allen, Duke Jr., but beyond Allen, you see Markel Fultz from Washington, freshman guard, Jason Tatum, Duke, freshman forward, Lonzo Ball, UCLA, um, Josh Jackson, Kansas tonight. We saw Michigan State, Miles Bridges absolutely steal the show for the Spartans in that game. And just a ton of great talent. Um, Like you mentioned, probably a lot of one-and-dones, but always an interesting storyline in college basketball to see. A a lot of the times these one-and-dones, you know, with the exception of Kentucky and uh, Duke, a lot of the times these teams aren't the teams that make it to the end in uh, March Madness, however, provide a lot of uh, excitement and entertainment for the fans over the course of the year. I think it, uh, while it is the year of the freshmen, no doubt that the biggest headlines are these guys. And as a Philadelphia 76ers fan, there's always one eye on the biggest prospects coming <laughs> up. Uh, you'd like to think that the Sixers wouldn't be looking at that number one overall pick, but However. with the way they're looking right now without Ben Simmons, it looks like that's going to happen again. So I'm looking at all these guys, but one team that maybe is a little under the radar but isn't because they're actually so good is the defending champions, Villanova Wildcats. Mm -hmm. Um, From Philadelphia, a big Wildcat fan. They're returning a lot of players outside of last year's year of the senior, Ryan Archie Diacono, uh, close enough. Um, Josh Hart is coming back. Jenkins is coming back. This is a team to be reckoned with and might have a really good chance at repeating. Who Who are the best teams that can knock them off the throne? Well, at the top, you have to have the teams you see every year. Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, 1, 2, and 3. Kansas actually just lost moments before we came on this show in overtime to Indiana in a wild game. However, those have to be the teams that immediately jump off. Duke, with one of the best recruiting classes Coach K has assembled this year in his career, we saw what happened the last time he got one of those powerhouses. His 
class is insane. It is insane. And you Harry saw the, Giles, we didn't even mention him, is really good, and he might not even contribute as much as he, we thought. He's returning Grayson Allen, who college yeah. basketball has as the best returning player in the, in the sport. So Duke's obviously the team to beat. Kentucky, you know, not one of Calipari's best recruiting classes ever. However, can you really ever count out a John Calipari team? He's going to get those guys to gel by the end of the season. Um, Chris, what do you think? Who are some other teams that kind of jump off as potential uh, stoppers for some of these powerhouses? Well, I think uh, looking to the Big Ten, which we know very much about having watched Northwestern basketball, I think that teams like Indiana and Wisconsin could pose a threat to all these teams that are kind of grabbing the headlines to start the season. You've got some veteran leadership on those teams, especially with Wisconsin. I mean, they practically returned their, their entire, entire team. team. Nigel yeah. Hayes is coming back, and Hayes. he was supposed to be a superstar last year. You've got Hayes, maybe Koenig. Do, yeah, maybe asked to do too much, but... Now he's, everyone's a year older. That's a scary team. I mean, last year that team went through everything you could have imagined after losing Frank Kaminsky, Sam Decker. Bo Ryan retires halfway through the season. Greg Gard takes over. The team makes an improbable, not even improbable, they really just, at the end of that Big Ten season, started to gel. Ethan Happ becomes the Big Ten freshman of the year. They make it to the Sweet 16, choke against Notre Dame, easily could have been in the Elite Eight. And, yeah, then the team returns their entire starting lineup. It's crazy to think that... Uh, they're being so underrated, especially the last time we saw a Wisconsin team with all this leadership, senior leadership, was, you know, they were leading in the last 10 minutes of an NCAA championship in 2014. I think you can't really count out this Wisconsin team. Indiana, as you mentioned, we saw what they are capable of tonight against Kansas. A, a lot of talent, a really fun Indiana team as well. I really like Michigan State. I think Jackson is the real deal. But Jackson. The loss- the loss to Arizona is, you know, concerning, but it's the first game of the season. You mean Bridges? Sorry, Bridges. Yeah, Jackson's yeah. on Kansas. Kansas pardon yeah. me. Um, and then one team, everyone's really excited about UCLA. Says they're going to be a lot of fun, really good. But I think the hype is just a little too much on uh, our friends out on the West Coast. I don't, I don't know if they'll be national contenders as everyone thinks they might be. I think they're right in that might miss out on the Elite Eight range to maybe some more experienced teams. They put up 119 tonight and allowed 80 to Pacific. So I think you kind of know what this team is going to be. They're going to score a lot. Yeah, I mean, granted it's, you know, the first game of the season. However, yeah, they have a ton of talent that's capable of scoring. Lonzo Ball... Chris, if you want to speak on him, you were talking to him, you were talking to me about him before the show. Just a really, like fun player to watch it sounds like yeah Lonzo Ball comes from a family that is not shy about taking uh long jump shots uh him and his two brothers were taught by their father to shoot from Steph Curry range strictly from Steph Curry range and uh as we've seen their cash from that area I think um one a good way to think about UCLA's team if there were a league pass for college basketball they would certainly be <laughs> the league pass team to watch Th- these guys are going to put a lot of points on the board like Amit said I don't know if they're the real deal but they're young they're fun they're and I fun. think I mean if you if you like watching high scoring games tune in to UCLA and they'll be on TV a lot on those west coast late games so of enjoy course. enjoy watching also in that conference Oregon the number 5 team in the country you know they and were, Arizona but in Arizona of course yeah, yeah they played great tonight against Michigan State um or Oregon however the number 5 team in the country last year they were a one seed could they be that what Villanova was last year you know that team who is always up there in college basketball could never quite get there but finally puts it together you know a team that is kind of under the radar you know no one really talks about 
Oregon basketball, despite the fact that last year they were one of the best four teams in the country in the regular season. It could be interesting to see what uh, Oregon is capable of uh, this year as well. That Pac-12 will be a really fun conference to watch. Are there any mid-majors we should be watching out for this year, or is it really just wait and see who pops up around March? Yeah, I, I can't. I think one of the fun parts about the mid-majors is you really don't know heading in. You know, you'll you have these players that will really start to put up some gaudy numbers in the uh, beginning of the season, and they'll draw your attention. And then those players eventually, you know, the conference tournaments are really fun to watch because oftentimes in those mid-majors, you're playing for your life. Um, what's yeah. the, I, I think that, yeah, it, it, that's just something we'll have to wait and see. I don't have any mid-majors that pop off uh, yeah. the shoot I think one team that, um, you know, should be mentioned a little is Xavier. They, they lost some guys, but they're in the Big East. Everyone knows Villanova's really good. And it's a strong conference, maybe not as strong as it used to be, but you know Xavier was really good last year and gave Villanova a run for their money. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know they were the number two seed in the Big East this year, got like a three or four seed in the NCAA tournament and made a deep run. I really like Xavier's team. And then another team that's always you know a supposedly a blue blood of basketball, Georgetown. Mm-hmm. They could make some waves this year. Maybe not a national contender as they've been in years past, but. The Big East is always my favorite conference because I grew up in it, not as much as it once was with the loss of some of its bigger programs. But, you know, Georgetown Xavier are two teams that I'm just going to be watching, have my eye on this year. Yeah, Xavier had a bit of a scare tonight against Lehigh, 84-81. Lehigh, always one of those spoiler teams. You've seen them pop up, beat Duke as a 15 seed a couple of years ago. Uh, you always see a couple of those games this year that, you know, surprising margins of victory. Maryland tonight only won by three points, despite, you know, having Mello Trimble return for his junior season. Um, I don't know how much to read into that. You know, first game of the season, a lot can change, as we've seen in the past. But um, these first, we'll, we have some really good matchups coming up. I know on Tuesday, Michigan State plays Kentucky. Duke plays Kansas at, the, at Madison Square Garden for the uh, Champions Classic. Always a fun tournament. So much talent. Uh together and loaded with future NBA stars it really is and yeah Miles Bridges you mentioned him earlier he's someone that he doesn't he wasn't one of those top five players that you mentioned that can get drafted however tonight if you watch this Michigan State team really good and like Tom Izzo doesn't normally get his hands on a recruiting class like this you know his best player that he's gotten in a while has been Gary Harris who left after two years and he was incredible Izzo has the best recruiting class of his life coming in this season it's going to be interesting to see what he's able to do with all this young talent around him and uh if he can get them all to gel, but also, you know, you don't normally see freshmen playing this prominent of a role in a Michigan State offense. Yeah, he's not a guy that does one-and-done teams. He usually builds his teams and has them overachieve. Mm-hmm. And Denzel, you know, is a guy who really uh, exemplified that, Denzel Valentine. For sure. Who eventually t- made his way into an NBA player. So it's an unknown territory for Izzo. But It's scary any- to think what he could do with yeah. that kind of talent, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, any teams that you know that hasn't been mentioned yet that you just really want to mention either it'll be really fun to watch will be really worse than people think they are or are just going to be better than everyone sleeping on them i think one team that needs to be mentioned is the north carolina tar heels yeah and look they lost marcus page they lost bryce johnson but they were in the championship game last year they lost on a buzzer beater and if you look at the team that they're returning this year it's a little bit ridiculous mm-hmm. and i would like to add Sitting on their bench, do not sleep 
on Seventh Woods. Now that seems like a random name. Y'all remember his but his from middle, middle school yes. when he Seventh Woods, the seventh grader. I think we we've all watched his. We uh, grew up with Seventh <laughs> Woods. I think it's fair to say. We'll see what Seventh can do. North Carolina rated the number six team in the country, as you mentioned, Chris, after losing on a buzzer beater in the national championship, returning the core of their team, with the exception of Marcus Page. Those Duke North Carolina games this year are going to be a. A league of their own, I think. Uh, a lot of NBA talent a on both of, of those NBA teams. Talent. I would just say that I'm excited to watch the entire Big Ten this year. You know, they didn't get a lot of respect in terms of people picking their national champions, but we saw tonight Michigan State held their own starting a 6-7 and a 6-6 um, front court against two seven-footers in Arizona, lost by two points. Wisconsin, as we mentioned, returns their entire starting five. Maryland, Mellow Trimble is fun to watch no matter who he's pl- who he's playing. Uh, Demonte Dodd as well. And then you never know with some of these other teams. Indiana is obviously really good oh, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. completely forget to mention Indiana, who just knocked off the number three team in the country. You know, we'll, here at Northwestern, we'll get to see all these people um, play, play Northwestern. But it will also be uh, fun to watch just kind of seeing who comes out of this Big Ten. And uh, I would say that's what I'm really looking forward to because a lot of interesting <laughs> storylines in this conference. Uh, we'll see which team is able to separate themselves from the pack. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota, they were fun last year, but sadly they will be without their star, Joey King. Uh, we all know how he once dunked on Jason Doro at the halftime of the Minnesota State Championship, but now he's playing professionally in Finland, apparently, so that takes a lot of fun out of the Big Ten, and we won't get as many lit uh, Minnesota-Rutgers matchups at the Cellar Dwellers. Also, Rutgers will be a very interesting storyline to watch for, for different reasons, but uh, we'll see if Eddie Jordan can turn it around this season. Uh... Thanks, thanks for that noise. <laughs> um, one of my all-time favorite noises. Um, that'll, that'll wrap it up. Any quick closing punctuations to college basketball? Any bold predictions for national champions? Anyone? Um, I don't have any predictions, but I do have one thing to end on, and that's, um, is there going to be a team that will stand out through the entirety of the regular season? Because last year, there were six different teams that were ranked number one in the country by the AP poll. Is there going to be a team this year that really puts itself ahead of the rest of the group and shows that they're the dominant team to be reckoned with? I think when you have so many freshmen around the landscape of college basketball, it's really hard to piece together a consistent season. And the teams that can do that are usually have a lot of leadership, but teams that have a lot of leadership don't have the most talent, and they usually take some while to gel. Mm-hmm. So if I had to pick a team, it would be Villanova, but I don't see them being a top team throughout the whole season. They'll probably linger around 5, 6, 7 behind the Blue Bloods, but they'll be a team that has an impressive record throughout the entire season. So that's my pick. Not in a homer way. I just think they'll they'll be consistently good. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it quick. I think exactly what Amit said. When you have so many freshmen playing together, playing in this in this type of uh, season, I think it's hard to have one team separate themselves from the pack. So I think it's going to vary. You'll see teams losing games they're not supposed to, but it'll be a fun season for sure. Yeah. So that's wrapping up our talk about college basketball. Um, this is Sports Voice After Dark live here. We're going to take a quick break. Um, in studio and we'll be back in a few minutes to talk about the National Football League. Let's Tailgate, the official merchandiser of Northwestern Athletics, supports this broadcast of WNUR Sports. Let's Tailgate is located one and a half blocks west of Ryan Field at 1807 Central Street. You can also find them during football games at Ryan Field and in the lobby of Walsh Ryan Arena during basketball games. 
Let's Tailgate carries Wildcats merchandise, as well as Chicago Cubs, Chicago Blackhawks, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Bears gear. Discounts are available for those who possess an active wildcard. You can contact Let's Tailgate at 847-570-0105, and they're also on the web at nusports.com. Let's Tailgate, the official merchandiser of Northwestern Athletics. Hey there, my name's Ben Adler. I'm the Capitol Bureau Chief at Capitol Public Radio, the NPR station in Sacramento, California, and a proud alum of WNUR Sports. My time at WNUR was just an incredible part of my college experience. It paved the way for me to work on professional radio. And the memories that I made and the games I was able to broadcast, like that amazing 2000 Michigan football game where Northwestern won 54-51, a miraculous come-from-behind victory in the the final minutes. Uh, You know, memories like that have stuck with me long after I moved away from Evanston. And so I'm asking you to make a donation to Sportsathon. WNURsports.com slash Sportsathon. Help support WNUR and help it continue to be a leader in Northwestern sports coverage and a leader in training the next generation of journalists. Thanks and go Cats! Hi, this is Glenn Geffner, radio broadcaster for the Miami Marlins and a proud WNUR alumnus. You're listening to WNUR Sports, your home for Northwestern Wildcat Athletics. Donza Kuduro, welcome back to Sports Voice After Dark. It is lit here, 12.35 a.m. in the morning. We are bumping. We are having fun. No better time to be on the air. No better time to be on the air. This is Sports Voice After Dark. We're usually a podcast, but we're live here in Evanston because of Sportsathon. Sportsathon is WNR Sports' lone sports fundraiser of the year. It helps ensure that we maintain our equipment, travel to fun places, cover the cats, and, you know, bring you the best coverage of Northwestern athletics on the air. Uh, to be, if you're interested about Sportsathon, go on WNURsports.com, click on click on the Sportsathon link, and find out about what we're about. You can look at the outstanding premiums, including WNUR sports hats and T-shirts. Uh, with that being said, let's get back into it. Here, we're going to talk some National Football League. Um, just over halfway through the season, the NFL has been going on for a while. It's been a weird year for the NFL. We talked about its ratings. Um, you know, there's been a lot of stuff going on, but. Let's get back to the football. What's going on in the NFL right now, Zach? What's the number one storyline you have heading into the second half of the season? I think the number one storyline that a lot of people are talking about is just the lack of separation. You know, no undefeated teams uh, after 10 weeks. You're seeing teams like the New England Patriots, the Dallas Cowboys reestablishing themselves, starting to reestablish themselves as the top teams, much to everyone's dismay, two of the very most hated teams. Most hated, two of the most hated teams in the league. Uh, Clearly, right now, the two teams to beat, I would say, in their respective conferences, but also just a lot of uh, uncertainty and yeah, moving I, forward. I, a lot of teams that people had favored, not quite where uh, where they expected. Certainly something that I've had to deal with as a fan of the Green Bay Packers, but other other teams as well. You know, the Carolina Panthers, defending NFC champions, currently 3-5, and five, sitting at the bottom of the NFC South. The just, Cardinals? The Cardinals. It's been a weird year, and going back to your point, no team is really complete in two phases of the game. Mm-hmm. Even the Patriots, who are really good, their defense is mediocre, and the Cowboys have a mediocre defense, but they've played really well to their strengths. And the thing with the Cowboys is I don't think any team has been able to exploit their defense, really. The thing about the Patriots, teams have been able to exploit their defense, but the ever, Patriots have just blown them out. Ever since Tom Brady's gotten yeah. back, he's been unconsciously yeah. good, just uh, 
putting up new levels of efficiency and yeah. really, you know, making a case for MVP despite missing the first four games of the season. Yeah, the Seahawks have been back as a good team. They had a slow start to the year. They kind of got away with a, a scary a scare from the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. But, you know, they're a team that you think is complete in two phases. Their defense is strong, but if you oh, watch their games, their offensive line is atrocious. They're terrible, and they a can't lot of block. uncertainty around so, Seattle. I I don't know. I, yeah, you, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. The offensive line has really just kept this team uh, from jumping to that next level that we've seen them play at these last several years. Uh, the NFC I find more interesting than the AFC just because does it seem inevitable in the AFC that it's going to be I feel Denver like two, versus I feel like two wild cards might come out of the AFC West That's because true. I don't see the East producing another team outside of the Patriots unless the Bills, you know, really turn no. it up. I don't see the South producing two teams. The South shouldn't produce It'll be the one Colts team. or the Texans and we'll talk about that with resident Texans <laughs> Texans expert Chris Grismer on the air and then the north you know you usually think the north is a candidate to have three teams but it turns out they're all right about mediocrely at well not mediocre they're above average but mm-hmm. not so much so. not not as much to separate them so it looks like forget the, to mention the Oakland Raiders are seven and two uh, the best team in the AFC outside of the Patriots and they could be complete if their defense you know really played up to its potential Derek Carr and his two wide receivers are elite. This is an elite offensive team. I think it's safe to say the Raiders could be the most fun team to watch in the NFL just based on the fact that their defense isn't quite as good as they should be. So you never know what's going to happen. They get make a lot of penalty. They they commit a lot of penalties. Uh, set an NFL record two weeks ago. But Derek Carr <laughs> is incredible. A lot of fun talent on that Oakland Oakland team. A lot of young talent and yeah, just a really fun team to watch. I would say that's my that's my favorite team to watch. Uh, this season and yeah seven and two the Raiders there's a strong chance that the Raiders and the Broncos and the Chiefs all make the playoffs and this is a chance for the Raiders organization to do something historic and really like it's not out of possibility they could finish 11 and five yeah I, I completely agree at seven and two right now I think 11 and five would could possibly be a letdown the realm for this of possibility team. they've had a lot of either or games that have gone I, their way yeah. we'll see yeah, if that their, evens their win, out their win differential isn't that of a seven and two win team, maybe maybe five five wins of win differential six, but five and zero oh on the road too. Just but Jack Del Rio Grande, as I like to call him, in the model of Riverboat Ron, um, you know he's a gambling quarterback, a uh, gambling coach, and it pays off. Um, speaking of other teams that are just really good on offense, to switch over to the NFC, mm-hmm. the Falcons have been a pleasant surprise this year. The NFC South is a really fun. You're talking about fun offenses. That whole division just four really four exceptional quarterbacks you know Jameis Winston the worst quarterback in that division but Jameis Winston is promising yeah you know he's he's in a bit of a tough situation now I think we'll see him able to progress as the years go on but Cam Newton reigning MVP Drew Brees fantasy god and Matt Ryan who was a preseason or not preseason who was a you know week early MVP candidate after his play in the first couple of games we'll see with the Falcons you know none no team in this division is capable of playing defense. The Falcons have a horrible defense. The, the Saints, Saints have a joke of a defense. Passing defense is atrocious. Yet the Falcons are 6 and 3. The Saints are 4 and 4 after playing an extremely difficult schedule. Their schedule gets a lot easier as the year goes on. They could possibly be a team that sneaks, sneaks into, into the wild card. card. I don't know what's going to win this division. I think 10 and 6 could win the NFC South. Yeah, um, it'll be close. It's the NFC playoff picture is getting really Re- dicey uh just based on, you know, you have the Cowboys look, well, out, looking like they're going to well, be the one outside seed. Outside of the Bears and the Niners, 
is and anyone the Rams, really out of no it? No one's really out of it. No. So it's it's a tight race heading down the stretch. I think teams we might see fall out of it. You know, one team in the NFC North, maybe pro- probably most likely the Lions, but they've been playing well, will fall out of it. I don't think the Vikings will continue to keep skyrocketing, skyrocketing down. You know, they'll be in it till the last weeks. In the NFC East, two of those teams, my best bet is the Redskins and Eagles will fall out of this race in the next few weeks unless both teams keep it up and then the the NFC West, West you know, it looks like it's two, be the two of those Seahawks teams are already probably, out. So yeah. it'll probably be the Seahawks and no wildcard team, despite the Cardinals being a preseason favorite to be one of the best teams in the league. So Just looking, it's like you mentioned, just incredibly, it's hard to predict, whereas the AFC seems kind of cut and dry. You're going to have the Steelers, Patriots, Three teams from the a- AFC West and the uh, whoever wins the AFC South, does it really matter? Probably well, not. Well, yeah, so um, we could transition into talking about the playoff picture. Yeah. Let's start with the AFC now to bring Chris Grismer into the conversation. You are a Texans fan. Do the Texans have what it takes to win the AFC South? They have a really strong defense. Now, they lost J.J. Watt, by and large the best defensive player in the league, but their defense is still outstanding. They have a talented receiving core and Lamar Miller, mm-hmm. who's a great running back. But Brock Osweiler has been not as advertised. Proved to be one of the worst free agent yeah. signings in maybe NFL history based yeah. on how much money they paid So him. set it up for you. I set it up. Chris, tell me, what can the Texans win the division? Do you expect them to and why? Uh, I think they will win the division, not because they're the best team, but when you look at the other teams in the the division, they might just win it by default. I mean, you've got the Colts, the (laughs) Titans, and the Jaguars. None of those teams are that appealing as picks to win this division. And then if you look at the team, the Texans as a whole, look, I understand. Brock not a good quarterback, but but they have pieces. Everything else, the defense without Watt has been solid. They still have Lamar Miller. They still have DeAndre Hopkins. So the pieces are there. If Brock can just be not as bad as he has been, which, which as we understand, is a big ask for Mr. Osweiler, they can make it through the regular season with, I I would say, eight or nine wins. Right now. They're yeah. five and three right now. Does nine and seven win that division? I think eight and eight could win that division just based the, on what we've I seen from the Texans. Yeah, the Titans are low-key not horrible. I was going to say. Despite them having the worst receiving core in the league. They lead the division right now in uh, touchdowns. They have 27 touchdowns, high, most in the division. Point differential, they're minus 9. Texans are minus 30. And Jaguars are minus 62. That's correct. Jaguars don't have a puncher's chance. They're actually out of Jaguars it. Jaguars need to fire Gus Bradley Yeah, he, his, soon. his... His time his is coming job, to an end. Yeah, it's a promising team, the Jaguars. A lot of people had him as a Jaylen sleeper. Jalen Ramsey, really good pick. Blake Bortles, maybe not taking the leap we all expected, but still above average, or not, still competent. You know, it's tough to say he's in the top 12 quarterbacks in the league, but. Yeah, I mean, I think a team like the Colts last week, you know, they beat the Packers in Lambeau. Who knows if how much of that was based on the Colts playing well or the Packers really not showing up, but the Colts, they the have Colts the best quarterback in this offense. division. Yeah, they have Andrew an atrocious is- defense, a horrendous offensive line, but I feel like when you're making bets in this division, the Colts, I feel like, are could be the safest bet just based on the you fact that the they have the highest upside. the best quarterback, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the thing is about the Texans is in the regular season, you can mask a bad quarterback over 16 games if everything else is really good. Mm-hmm. But I don't see them winning more than nine. So yeah, I think nine that's the ceiling. wins a division, they can do it. 
But the Texans, to me, are a team that screams out getting clobbered by any really good team. They'll get clobbered by the AFC yeah. West wildcard in the first round. Yeah, Just, no, they, they, will, they will lose in the first round of the playoffs right. unless it's um, not. A, I mean, the NFL playoffs are weird. It's a one-off day. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. But Texans are really, you know, a team that I think I agree with you, Chris. I just don't like the Colts. You you would take the best quarterback, but they're just so frustrating. They can't get it done. I think the Texans will win the division and then lose in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Moving on, we do we do we agree that the AFC West will send two team two wild card three teams, teams total. Yeah, yeah. And then the NFC North, uh, AFC North. Does anyone think it's other than the Steelers? I think no. the Ravens. You know, they're you know you don't want to mess around with the Ravens. Their defense has been better than most people thought, but. If Big Ben gets healthy, is there any way the Steelers don't lose this division? No. They, they also play the Browns twice. Yes, they the play Steelers the Browns do? twice. Yeah. So that's two, give that's me the two wins right there. Yeah. Big, Big Ben's going to come back. He, he probably shouldn't have played last week. I, give me the Steelers, hands down. Uh, and the Bengals, though, you know, they're perennially a playoff team that loses in the first round, but you on both sides of the ball, they should be offensive. above average. What's been wrong with the Bengals? They're struggling offensively, I think. You know, people are keying in on A.J. Green. He's incredible. He's been able to make plays, but not enough plays. They have two good running backs as well. They're just not getting enough enough production on that offensive end, I would say. I think it's in that division, it's going to come down to, you know, the quarterback play, as we mentioned. And Big Ben is when one of the— healthy, is the best quarterback. Yeah, is the best quarterback in that division, division, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think it's well, hard this, to bet yeah. against that offense in and Pittsburgh. And the Steelers' offense having uh, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown— healthy and big ben those guys should put up 30 points a game like every game so i agree we agree with the steelers and then east is going to be the, the patriots east is the patriots and do the bills have a chance at no. the wild card or not really i don't think so okay so that settles it for the afc let's move on to the nfc we'll start with the nfc east the division of champions not really i'm an eagles fan we lied um we have the dallas cowboys uh best start in a long time really good team seven and one almost a lock to make the playoffs at this point you know they'd have to lose out to like not make the playoffs and they're pretty sure they'll get a first round bye yeah will another team emerge as a wild card threat the Giants Eagles and the Redskins any thoughts as an Eagles fan I'll just jump in first um I think this team could make the wild card if they played above themselves but they did that for the first four weeks and now they've been playing like they really are and I think we know they're just an inexperienced team and I think they're gonna fall off so I think this division is going to send one other one the besides Giants, the Cowboys. The I think Giants, it's going to be, and I think it's going to be the Giants, Giants at like ten and competent. six. They're very, they're competent. Odell Beckham Jr. is a big playmaker, and I think they're going to be able. To, I think they're going to send one other team. Not as much because this division is so good, as much as it, as it is. The NFC North is spiraling out of control. The NFC West is filled with uncertainty. We don't know if the Cardinals are ever going to return to the form we saw them play at last year, and the AFC and that's, South that's is coupled with. Um, Carson Palmer's health. Correct, yeah. yeah. And we don't know if anyone in the a- N- NFC South can play defense, so I think that they'll only so send one. I'll, I'll, we can put the Giants in, so that's your one wild card team. We look at the AFC, or the NFC West, we have the Seahawks, one team, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. We look at the NFC North, now this is a fun thing, because two teams could make it. Three the, teams could three make, teams it. Could make yeah. it. The Lions have been playing well, the Packers are playing well, and the Vikings Packers are, are not playing good well. defensive team. Packers are playing horribly. Packers are playing badly, but they're a good team. Yeah. Who wins this division? And my guess is that this division will send the second wild card. Who will it be? Yeah, I have two from this division. I think it's going to be the Vikings and the Packers, but I don't know if it's going to be in that order. Um, the Vikings have had, have struggled lately. They're going to get. They're going to uh, get that. They're going to return to 
maybe not the form we saw him play at at the beginning of the year, but you know, find a middle ground. You know, correct some of these offensive struggles with that defense. With that defense, it's hard not to. The Packers, we've I've seen the Packers. I'm a huge Packers fan. I've seen them in the position like this before in previous years, where you know you kind of reach a crossroads in the season. You haven't performed up to your expectations. What are you going to do? I've never seen the team play like they did last week against the Colts, uninspired as uninspired as they did. Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat right now, and if he's, they don't yeah. make the playoffs, I think he's gone. It's um, gonna light a fire under his he, butt. It could light a fire under. I could like I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers went six and two and went ten and six to win this division. But I also, I don't know. I've never seen them play. I've never seen as weird of a start to a season as I have with this Packers team. They don't have a running game at all, which hasn't hindered them in the past. My the optimist inside me says they're going to turn it around, go ten and six, and win the division. So I'm going to pick them to win the division. Have the Vikings finish as the second wild card team, but I'm also biased. Do you think who do you have I winning? I think the this Packers division? will make the wild card, and the Vikings will win despite neither of them being truly elite, but good enough to make the playoffs. So there we have our playoff predictions. We'll check back in with them once the playoffs start around January. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, our final break, before we get in to the Sports Horse After Dark tradition, the lightning round. Um, stay with us in a few minutes. Where's the best place to hear Northwestern students discuss Northwestern athletics? On the Sports Voice. Listen Sundays at 8 to hear passionate Northwestern fans. So maybe this is the best defense, but I think there's a good chance that we could see a better one either next year or the year after because Pat Fitzgerald has brought in his best recruiting classes ever in the last two, three years. Great guests. We have a caller. It's Noah Weiss. And of course, pick him. That is ridiculous. They just need to change this rule entirely. So Calvin Johnson against the Bears in 2006 and Des Bryant against the Packers in 2015 can know for sure when they are catching the dang ball. It is ridiculous as a fan and a player this has not been changed. Tune in Sundays at 8 for the Sports Voice. Hi, I'm Dave Revson, lead studio host to the Big Ten Network and proud WNUR Sports alum. I want to encourage you to join me in donating to WNUR Sports to keep what has been a great Northwestern tradition going strong. WNUR was an incredible part of my experience at NU. I got invaluable lessons in how to become a broadcaster. I got to call games from historic venues like Cameron Indoor Stadium at Duke, Mikey Stadium at Army, and of course stadiums throughout the Big Ten. It was a huge part of my experience. I know how important it is to the young men and women who are participating right now in WNUR sports. Join me, please donate to WNUR and help keep this proud Northwestern tradition alive. I'm Gus Johnson, and you're listening to WNUR Sports, your home for Northwestern Wildcat Athletics. Money's the motivation, money's the conversation. You on vacation, we getting paid, so it's fast, it's furious, it's the lightning round here at Sports Voice After Dark. Well done in the from the engineers from the studio, Jason Dora, with an assist from Matt McHugh. Matt McHugh with the dime. Um, this is the lightning round um, on Sports Voice After Dark. It is a news, sports news quiz. There are 10 questions for our two contestants here, Zach Wingrove and Chris Grismer. And the way it works, if you don't know, because this is the first time it's on the radio, um, the questions increase in difficulty. There are three easy questions worth 
a point each. Three medium questions worth two points each. Three hard questions worth three points each. And the Philly Sports Special worth four points if you get it right. Zach Wingrove is undefeated and the reigning record holder, Jason Doro, has something to say. Can Matt and I try to like steal points throughout the night and accumulate some If they don't get it, points? you can answer. And if you end up winning, then that's amazing. Oh, they're legitimately going to win, I feel like. Well, I'm, we'll I'm not see. prepared we'll see. for... So, interesting fan element yeah, here I'm of, All right. of the lightning round. Um, there is a Landon Donovan question of the week in the first set, our rapper question of the week in the second set. Didn't Matt the help write this quiz? The way we determine it is both players have to do rock, paper, scissors to determine who gets to go when. Let's do it really quickly. It's one, not best sort of three. Rock, oh, paper, shoot. scissors. Oh, shoot, yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right, Zach... With the rock, Chris with the scissors. Zach defer. will defer, defer to the second round. All right, let's Chris go. We get the landing first. question. First question, easy. Oh, no. Who scored a game winner for the Memphis Grizzlies against the Nuggets this week? That would be Marcus Saul. That is correct. One point for Chris Grismer. Next easy question. Can you name the top four teams in the college football playoff rankings? Oh, man. All right. We got Alabama. We got Clemson. We have oh man, Michigan. Correct. One more. Fourth team. So Michigan was three. Yeah, the okay. last team. Four. Oh, man. Is it Louisville? No, nope, it oh. is Washington. Washington. Oh. Um, I know they knew it over there. Yeah, Washington. So one point for the third party. Oh, it's interesting. This, this is, is a fun, new element. It's a fun yeah. twist. Um, next easy question. Which player overtook the world number one ranking in tennis from Novak Djokovic this week? Andy Murray. That is correct. Yeah. Two points for Chris Grismer. On to the medium questions. On Monday Night Football, Richard Sherman was not properly called for unnecessary roughness on which kicker who ended up missing the kick. Oh, man. Uh, if you don't get it, there's a chance to I know to steal. they know it. Yeah. It's the man. Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I I do not know who their kicker is. Jason Doro. Dan Carpenter. That is correct. Three <laughs> points for the, blo- the boys in blue over there. <laughs> Next medium question. Which city did the NCAA select as the host of the 2022 Final Four? The 2022 2022 Final Four. Oh man. It's a big it's no it's it's a it's a good city for the NCAA Final Four. That's a hint. Maybe you'll get it. It's a good city? Yeah, it, it people have good experiences there. <laughs> Apparently I did not they, we're not a hint. fan of that is, hint. Is it I don't even. Is it New York City? No, close. Nope. You have the new <laughs> New Orleans. New Orleans. Oh <laughs> man, yeah. Uh oh, man. Five I should have gotten that one. New engineers, baby. Next, next medium question: Can you name any of the three goal scorers for England in their three-zero win over Scotland today? No. Any of England's goal? I'll scores? give you two chances. To be fair. Okay. Uh. The Ox. Nope. Okay. Oh man. I don't think they're going to get it in there. Let's see. Who could have? Harry Kane. Nope. He did oh, not man. score. Guess. It was good. Gre- close. Uh, Daniel Sturridge, <laughs> Gary Cahill, and Adam Lalana. Gary Cahill? I know you guys didn't oh, no. know it. There's no way you knew <laughs> I it. I can guess, though. You could guess. You would have been wrong. I would have said guessed. Sterling. You would have guessed. Matt, Matt would have guessed uh, Landon Donovan, probably. Or Pele. Or Pele. Pele? <laughs> All right, so n- no one gets any points there. On to the hard questions. Chris is still on two points. Um, which team defeated the Maple Leafs 7-0 to on Tuesday in the NHL? Ooh. It's a West Coast team. That's a hint. Is it the... 
Ducks. Good guess. No, that is incorrect. Jason Dorr, do you know? Matt McHugh says Kings. Did he know? What? Didn't Matt help you right? write this? Did you know that, Matt? I was a guess. Is that right? Oh, it was a guess. The guess is correct. It is oh, the Kings. Yeah, baby. All right, so seven points. Oh, no, eight points out there. Wow. Well done. Wow. Eight? Eight, yeah. Two mediums, an easy, and a hard. Oh, Maybe we got two Chris mediums. Wow. Chris has two. two. Okay. We're doing uh, great. On to the next hard question. Who upset UConn tonight? Tonight as in Friday night in college basketball. I, I, oh man, I saw this score. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, oh, Wagner. Correct. Good one. Well done, Chris. We're, We're on that. to five points. That's the big. Landon Donovan question of the week. We're, this is going to be easy. Which one of Landon Donovan's LA Galaxy teammates took part as in played in the USA-Mexico clash tonight? Can I get a hint? He is on the Mexican side of the clash. Oh, I was going to ask what position, but... He's a striker slash forward midfielder, attacking player. I can give you one more hint. It'll take a point off if you get it. He's a Tottenham legend. A Tottenham legend? Oh, man. Oh, uh, Giovanni De Santos? <laughs> that is correct. So I took a point off yeah, of that hint. That, so, that's fair. That's so fair. So two points, seven points for Chris Grisberg. Now the Philly sports special are worth four points. This is a great question. The Philadelphia Phillies traded for Howie Kendrick. They traded Darnell Sweetie and which other player currently on the team? I feel like Matt may Matt know this. this. Yeah. Matt know Uh Oh, he doesn't. Do you know it? I have no clue. No. Well that's Roy Halladay. No. Uh, <laughs> close. Uh, Jimmy uh, Rollins? Those guesses were, as you might put it, rough. Ha ha, I'll leave. I'll leave. It's Darren Ruff. Sorry for that. All right, so seven points for That's, Chris that, that may be my best performance seven ever. Seven points for Chris Grisberg. Eight I got points it. for the boys. Yeah. I got outscored. <laughs> and now Zach Wingrove with the chance to win it all. All right. Second set of questions. Starting with an easy question. Who upset North Carolina in college football this week? Duke. That is correct. One point. Next question. Who caught a walk-off touchdown pass in overtime for the Lions to defeat Jason Doro's Vikings? Uh... <laughs> Golden Tate. That is correct. Two points. Uh, next easy question. Which team has the best record in the NBA at this point in the season? Cleveland Cavaliers? No. Jason Dora with the steal. Uh, I could steal. Nope. No steal? Take a guess. Go, go, go. The Raptors. Nope. Clippers. That is correct. Um, we will not retroactively be assessing a point oh, unless... No. But it was the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. On to the medium questions. I'm going to win anyway. This one, Zach. All right. Which two pitchers that are both older than 40 signed with the Braves this week? That would be Bartolo Colon and R.A. Dickey. That is correct. So four points now for Zach Wingrove. Moving on to the next medium question. This is not an up your alley. Can you name any of the three goal scorers for Brazil in oh. their 3-0 beatdown of Argentina in soccer? Neymar. That is correct. Well done. Medium question. Six points for Zach uh -oh. Wingrove. Ask me if I could it's, have named another Brazilian dicey. soccer player. Chris is on seven. The boys in blue are on eight. Chris, uh, Zach is at six. Here's a medium question. This might be too easy. I don't know if I should ask this question. I think it should ask be a Ask the wash. question. Ask the question. I don't know if we should count this. Who was the top scorer for NU men's basketball in their win over Mississippi Valley State? Vic Law. That is correct. See, that, that, was, that was too easy. No. Can we give him a point? Why? I'm competing. You're the judge, them. not us. All right. Well, you have eight points, so you're tied with them going into the hard questions. So if you get any of these, you win. Okay. 
So all to play for. Who leads the NBA in points per game so far throughout the season? Oh. I'm not even sure about this one. I'm going to guess DeMar DeRozan. That is correct. Wow. Go Raps. Zach Wingrove now <laughs> with 11 points. Although there is a chance to we steal if you get still, these wrong. Right? So yeah, it's not totally I know. Over. Oh, I'm, I'm... Uh, next hard question. Who on the Blackhawks young players scored the overtime winner against the Blues on Wednesday? Uh, I'm. This is like the only young. No, it's the only Blackhawks player I know. It's not Patrick Kane. Taves. No, nope, uh. incorrect. He's young. He's a second-year player on the Blackhawks. Pass. He won Rookie of the Year. I don't know. Atemi Pernarin. Uh, that's a shame. All right. Um. Now the rapper question of the week. The Atlanta Hawks announced that which rapper, based from Atlanta. Otherwise known as the East Atlanta Santa, would be performing in an in-game concert on November twenty-second against the Pelicans. Oh my! You got this, Zach. I don't think I have this. Rappers from Atlanta. East Atlanta Santa. Yeah. Yeah, East Atlanta Santa. Oh, uh, it's not even Christmas. Of, it's the name of one of his mixtapes. Is this a like prominent rapper? He's or? prominent enough that he was on a very good song this year. Designer. No, oh. close, very close. Actually, when you think about it, but not correct. With the chance to steal, Jason Doro. I'm trying to figure out what would be close to, to designer. Why? Uh, the reason why is they're both on the same label. It's probably not Pitbull. <laughs> I I don't know. This Future. would be Gucci Mane. What? The East Atlanta Santa on the track champions this year mm. after being released from prison. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the East Atlanta Santa bringing lots of joy and cheer this love, holiday season. Yeah, I bet. Love the Atlanta Hawks brand Reader. right about now. So this is the Philly sports special. If Zach Wittengrove gets it, he wins. If no one gets it, he wins. And if they steal over there, they win. We got to play some The defense. pressure is on. Which Philadelphian fighter, he's from Philly, born and raised, We'll be facing against Conor McGregor in UFC 205 on Saturday night. The boys in blue are shaking their head. So this is all to play for. <laughs> Diaz. No. He's not from Close. the United States. Jason Doro, do you know? He's also not. Ronda Rousey. <laughs> <laughs> she does <Close>. UFC. <laughs> not really. Uh, this is Eddie Alvarez. So uh, with 11 points, Zach Wingrove wins 5-0. Second right? place, Jason Dora with some dimes from Matt McHugh. Eight points. And Chris Grismer with a respectable, especially for Chris, seven points. My best, best point total ever. ever. Career high, I know. NU Athletics would be a fan yeah. of a career yeah, high. Oh, they tweeted out. Career yeah. highs. Um, this has been Sportswear's After Dark. We ran a little over, but the reason why is because we're on Sportsathon. Uh, it's WNR Sports' sole fundraiser. It allows us to put on wacky programs like this. The first and last time Sportsverse After Dark will be live. If you're interested in learning more about Sportsathon, uh, go to WNURsports.com, click on the link, look at this year's outstanding premiums, including our hats and t shirts. And, you know, keep listening to Sportsathon. We have some great broadcasts coming up on Saturday. We have football at Purdue. I will be on the air for women's soccer NCAA tournament match against Kent State, and then there will be a great women's volleyball match against one of the best teams in the country. The best team in the country, I'm pretty sure. Number one team in the the country. country. Yeah. So, a wonderful day for WNUR Sports. Thanks for listening. Thanks for contributing. I'm Amit Malik, joined by Chris Grismer, Zach Wingrove, 
This has been a scintillating episode of Sports Voice After Dark. Great job, Amit. Awesome. Throw the boat. <laughs>